Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. On today's show, Connor Jones and I take a look back at the Nationals' back-to-back victories on the road, air quotes, against the Blue Jays and where they go from here with the weekend off and the challenges that lie ahead with scheduling and more. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! The Nats have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam! Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts in Los Angeles. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! You are listening to the Locked On Nationals Podcast, your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals Podcast. Today, it is Thursday, July 30th, 2020. Alongside me is Connor Jones tonight. And Connor, we're going to look, take a look back at the Nationals 4-0 win last night. We just wrapped up minutes ago. Nats, Blue Jays, uh, Nationals 6, Blue Jays 4. Nats win the last two games of the series. They're technically 2-0 away, although the last two were played in Nationals Park. Um, really important pair of games here that the Nationals end up grabbing. They're going to have a long weekend, obviously, with their series being canceled against the Marlins. But um, before we get to tonight, you got to go back to last night and – it wasn't a lot, of, a lot of fun to watch, but in a game where the Nationals needed a win, we talked about it, one and four, Max Scherzer went out there and pitched his butt off. He ends up going seven and one-third innings, three hits allowed, three walks, 10 strikeouts for Scherzer on 110, 112 pitches. He set the tone last night grinding for the Nationals because that was a grind. Yeah, I mean, that was a phenomenal performance, and they needed every, every piece of it to have a chance to win that game with the offense struggling, being down uh, – Juan Soto, what Max Scherzer did last night is what you've come to expect from him, especially after a tough start against the Yankees. You almost feel like you know he's going to bounce back strong the next time out. He typically doesn't have two in a row where he's not himself. So, yep, and great outing by him, and they needed every bit of it. Yeah, and last night, we know, it was, it was weird because the offense was in was, – it felt like for every zero the offense was going to put up, Scherzer was going to match it with a zero, uh, just kind of out of necessity. and. You know, play of their young season, though, last night. I mean, we look back, and in that, I believe it was the eighth inning, that double play ball that Trey Turner, one out, runners, I believe, on first and third, dives for it, turns two. That play is the biggest play of a national season because, you know, in terms of scoreline, they didn't get a run to the tenth. They needed that double play or else they're looking at one and five right in the face. That was the gritty type of play that the Nats needed to make. Their defense is what got it done, and that defense kind of in pitching – spark the offense it felt like yeah and it seems like throughout this early season the Nats have caught some tough breaks with line outs at a lot of guys not to say the offense hasn't had problems of their own because they have but they've had some tough breaks and it was good to see one finally go their way that hard hit ball by Hernandez right at Trey Turner phenomenal play by him and like 
you said, the biggest play of the year so far. I'm falling to one and five. Still early in the year. It's just – I know there's a lot of playoff spots, but that's tough to go to one and five that early. So, I mean, that's such a big play to change the momentum in that game and get out of a, a really dicey situation. And Daniel Hudson came in doing a phenomenal job getting that double play and then getting them through the ninth. Yeah, he and Tanner Rainey last night. Hudson goes one, one and two-thirds innings, three Ks, and Tanner Rainey – uh, one inning, three Ks. Those guys did an excellent job last night. You know, in that play, I mean, that was the gutsiest, ugliest run being driven in uh, the entire game. I mean, the Nats go two for 13 with runners in scoring position, but Adam Eaton hits that ground ball, bounces off the pitcher, and Stevenson on his horse, looks like he was going to be out, beats the play at second and allows the Nats to get that run. Gutsy, ugly. Very 20, uh, 2019 Nationals run there. No doubt. That's a play by Andrew Stevenson, especially. Nothing's going to show up in the box score for him, but that is a – that's just huge, a guy getting a good secondary lead and being able to, to beat out that ball because it was a tough break for Adam Eaton, a hard-hit ball hitting the mound and slowing down. But Steve, Stevenson using his speed, not, not slowing up, and getting to second is, is humongous because if you don't get a run there, the Blue Jays start with the winning run at second base with no outs in the bottom of the 10th inning. So that's big. I, I found it interesting that he goes from Daniel Hudson to Tanner Rainey with a 4-0 lead last night. And then today in the eighth and ninth, he goes to Tanner Rainey and Daniel Hudson again, especially when Will Harris and Sean Doolittle are arrested. I know they've struggled a little bit out of the gate, but, I find that interesting because in the past we've seen Nats managers, Matt Williams comes to mind saying he's our closer about Jonathan Papelbon continuing to run him out there night after night after he was continuing to blow saves. But Martinez kind of has a quick trigger. It looks like this year, especially going with guys that he feels confident in, not that Will Harris and Sean Doolittle won't have high leverage innings down the stretch, but I did find it interesting how, how willing Martinez was to go with the hot hand in the bullpen rather than the guys that you come in thinking are maybe your seventh and eighth inning guys. Yeah. And Martinez is, you know, we talked about this last year with the playoff run. I mean, he's going to ride the guys that he thinks are hot. Like exactly what you said, that is kind of his MO. I mean, when he trusts somebody, he trusts them. Exactly. And, 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 you know, he's basically thinking today, I mean, Tanner, and we'll get this more of us, but I got four days of rest coming up. Like FP Santangelo said in the broadcast, why not trot Tanner Rainey out there for a fourth day? I know he gave up a home run, but he's got a lot of confidence in that guy and a really good job also too by Cabrera cleaning the bases last night. That was a huge hit just to get some offensive momentum. And also Connor too, I like the fact that today's game was earlier in the day at four o'clock that kind of gave the Nats a chance to build some momentum, I thought. I think the earlier start time definitely benefited the Nats. Getting both of those going in to this to this extended break before the Mets come to town next Tuesday is really important. One, for just momentum going into that, not being two and five is three and four sounds a lot better than two and five to me. You're only one game away from 500. But, yeah, you – Cabrera, I know you touched on his big hit last night. He's had so many of those with the Nats. I couldn't tell you his batting average, but I did see today that since he came over last August, he has 46 RBIs and 45 regular season games, which comes to show you that no matter how many hits he's gotten, so many of them have been in, in critical spots. And he's a guy that's come through for them time and time again. And last night, I mean, one run's not enough with a guy on second base to start the bottom of 10. So driving in those three, you could say is the biggest hit 
so far. Trey Turner has the biggest play of the year, but Cabrera's three-run triple there is the biggest hit so far of 2020. He's kind of got this weird, like, Steve Nash quality where Steve Nash, not towards the very end, but towards the latter part of his career, kind of just kept aging really well. And the way in which Cabrera has aged, I mean, he's not a young guy, and he's gotten hits. Not, the Nationals are not the only team that he's got some clutch hits for. This guy just seems to be really comfortable wherever, you know, he, he, whatever you ask him to do. He seems to be a guy who's just really comfortable sliding into those spots. No, do you want to depend on him in, in big spots all the time? No, it's not the guy, but but he is a excellent, excellent complimentary player. I mean, the exact kind of player you want on a winning team to help shape your lineup. Yeah. Do you want him in the three hole every night? No. That's asking a lot of a guy at his age. But is he a guy that that can get big hits for you somewhere in that lineup? Maybe in the six hole, five hole, six hole kind of guy? I think absolutely. Um you know, the ability to play multiple positions in the field is really important as well. Being able to slot them in at first, second, or third. But it's it's funny because we talk about Cabrera's age and a guy that seems to be aging well. My brother actually referred to the Nats as a retirement home for baseball players earlier today. When you look at the average age of some of the guys in this lineup, Josh Harrison coming over, slotting in the, the, the six hole, I believe, today. Um, but, you know, some of those veteran guys, it's good to have them in the plate in those big situations because they know what they're doing, they have a strong approach, and they've been in those spots before. And now we shift our attention to, today, to today's game. 6-4 win for the Nats. It was Fetty versus Ryu, and neither guy pitched particularly well. You had to be concerned about Fetty early. Uh, you know, he gave a really good outing, we thought, last time. The defense behind him against the Yankees uh, was not great. And then, obviously, the Nats' offensive explosion last Saturday was significant. Gives up the run early on, and you're starting to wonder, you know, you know, is it going to hold out? They asked a lot from the Nats bullpen today. Davey Martinez did, just the Nationals. They needed them. And I think all things considered, when you have to pitch the remaining, uh, you know, almost six innings of the game, I didn't hate the bullpen's performance today. I thought Ryan Harper pitched really well. Um, you know, Sam Freeman, another good outing. I know Guerra and Rainey gave up the home runs, but for the most part, like what we've seen from those guys has been pretty good. And you're going to give up home run balls. I mean, it's, it's, and this is a good, talented young lineup. I think that's one thing that we learned against the Jays. I was, I was, that was the number one thing that stuck. I know the offense has just come around, but the way the bullpen was asked to step up is, and, and responding to that call, we have not seen that in so long, Connor, with the Nats. I, I thought the bullpen was phenomenal. Outstanding again today. You can live with two solo home runs. What really frustrates you and causes a lot of issues out of a bullpen is when you're walking guys and you're giving up crooked numbers. And that's what we've seen the Nats do in the past. I can live with a solo home run given up every now and then. If Tannerini's fastball velocity was down a little bit for the third straight day. And he's certainly not the first guy to give up a home run to Teoscar Hernandez this series. So not a problem at all there. I think I think Rainey did an amazing job for he has really all year so far. Um, Ryan Harper is someone that is going to be earning some high leverage spots the way he's pitched so far. He's, he commands a lot of different pitches, that curveball, that curveball is pretty filthy. So yeah, all around, I thought everybody did a great job. You know, you don't really have a problem with either of those solo home runs. If they can get Will Harris and Sean Doolittle back close to their normal selves, I think they have a lot of options down there. And that's something we haven't seen in a nationals bullpen, maybe ever. 
And you and I now, now to the offensive side of things. I mean, we talked about how Eaton and Turner were being uh, the only offense. They were just being, you know, they were, they were the guys who were really uh, manufacturing, you know, this was when we talked uh, on uh, after that, that loss on Tuesday night. Well, today, one hit between the two of them, the rest of the lineup, I mean, 12 hits. Four from Starlin Castro, who I think has responded very nicely after that horrible outing he had on Tuesday night. Cabrera had one, Suzuki had one, which was with a critical one. I love seeing the Nats punch back in that third. That Suzuki hit was crucial to show that they could punch back. You know, they could, uh, you know, go down a run. And actually, I know, it's, I know it's only two runs. It's not a ton of offense, but that was important they could do that. Carter, Keyboom. I think it's what, six straight at-bats that he's been on base now? Robles gets a pair of hits. Michael A. Taylor goes deep. Uh, it was refreshing to see the back-end boys get it going. And here's the thing. Now you insert Soto, and these guys can do what they're meant to do and surround the slugger. I'm still worried. I don't think they have a second banana. I'm worried about them not having that one-two Soto Rendon punch. But at least they're going to get the, the best player in their lineup back. Yeah, we were talking about this offense having issues on Tuesday, and it's not to say that it's perfect or going to be what last year's was because I don't think that I don't think they're they're made up to do that. We were calling out Starlin Castro a little bit, <laughs> talking about how he's in he's subbing him out for Anthony Rendon is just a is a humongous trade off. But shout out to Starlin going out there picking up four hits today, looking like a legitimate three hole hitter. Today is one of those days where you see why Starlin Castro has the most hits amongst Major League Baseball players born in the 90s, what he can do when he gets hot. So hopefully guys will feel a little bit more comfortable having their big hitter back in the middle of that order, and guys can fill in around him a little bit more where they're comfortable and have somebody that can really drive in those top-of-the-order guys with Trey Turner and Adam Eaton uh, getting on base, doing what you expect them to do at the top. So can, they need Juan Soto back for sure. So it's good, to, it's good to get those seven games out of the way, knowing that the reinforcements will be available next time they take the field. Anyway, I forgot to mention Eric Thames in a pinch hitting spot. I mean, he went the other way, Connor. That was a, a miracle happened. What a bat. What a bat it was. That was outstanding. I a mean, beautiful he fouled off some pitches. He took what the game gave him. Yeah. Great at bat from Eric Thames. You just feel like he's due to run into one too. Yeah. But I mean, we've like never seen him he's going, just missed a few. We've never seen him, you know, take what, you know, go with the pitch per se. And he went with that pitch and look, he had a really nice hard single last night into the shift. He goes the other way today. Um, and, you know, I, in my opinion, they almost scored a run. I thought there was runner interference on that with, with Keyboom rounding third. But besides the point, um, I was impressed with that at bat. Keyboom himself I was super impressed with. I mean, I think the guys got the message that it's like, look, there's no help. We are, we are the, you know, we are the help. We are the yeah. help right now. I, Keyboom, Keyboom, I forgot to, forgot to discuss him a little bit. But getting on base six straight times, his approach looks so professional for a guy his age. It's seeing Juan Soto and now Carter Keboom come up a little bit. It's approaches like that aren't something you expect out of guys at that age. Going back to Carter Keboom's at bat last night, leading off the top of the 10th, you could see he was trying to inside out the ball to right field, ended up working a walk, but it's just the ability, the, the recognition and not trying to do too much and staying within yourselves is, is definitely a good sight. And defensively with Keboom, which is really where the question mark was, right. he's looked pretty good overall I mean he's gotten some ground balls in the shift he made a, a nice charging play at third today so still a lot to to see there but but encouraging signs early on yeah and 
before we talk about where the Nats go after this, uh, I want to mention a couple of things from, you know, we just saw the Blue Jays for four straight games. Man, and we, we talked about this before the season began, how they were a team that, look, they're not going to be the best team in the division. They're not going to be probably the second best team. They might not be the third best team. But that being said, there is so much, impress, imp- so many impressive players. Um, Pearson last night, that guy ran through the minor leagues, absolutely ran through them. And I know the Nats offense wasn't great, but you saw why last night. That 99-mile-an-hour fastball that he threw at the knees, I believe it was uh, Stevenson, I think, in the fourth inning, 99 at the knees. That kid just seems so in control of everything. And they had a lot of kids on this Blue Jays team. But yeah, the Blue he Jays. Is, he's something else. He is something else. I was impressed with a lot of young guys on that team. I think yeah. there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Blue Jays fan. Nate Pearson, for sure, like you're saying. I mean, the fastball, the off-speed, everything. He looked – he looks like everything that he's cracked up to be the hitters, the big legal lineage in that lineup, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Guriel, Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, a lot of guys, a lot of young players that, that are threats at the plate. So I think that lineup is going to be really good within the next, next year or two. They have a lot of talent there. If they can get the pitching straight, they had to go out and sign some free agents there in the off season. There's a lot to be excited about going forward as a Blue Jays fan. They might not be a playoff team this year, but, but I think they're going to be a group that's fun to watch. And Teoscar Hernandez too. I mean, you find out 10 minutes before the game on Monday night that you're going to be the leadoff hitter. Oh, what does he do? He goes deep twice. Today, Bo Bichette's back, sliding back in the seventh in the lineup. He goes deep twice again. I mean, he, you know, like that just speaks to what they've built uh, in Toronto. And, and I think you have to really credit them uh, for, for what they've built. And it's a, it's a lot of really exciting young players. And I, I am pretty stoked to see what they become. Uh, hopefully the Nats won't encounter them too many times moving forward. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Axios. Start your morning with the news that matters most in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Show Today is also brought to you by CBDMD. It does not matter if you are a stay-at-home parent or you're like me right now and you sit in a comfortable office chair for eight hours a day. Everybody needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support where you need it most. And to make things even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals, and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off on your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right, so, I mean, Connor, I guess we think the next thing that's going to happen is that the Nationals are going to play the Mets on Tuesday? Is that... Is that where we think this thing is heading? Because is that like I think that's the only regional reasonable conclusion, I guess. That's the plan. I think we're making things up as we go along for the most part. We're making up new rules, like seven inning double headers. Um, so things are just changing in season this year, which it's fine. It's understandable. 
So the plans to play the the Mets next, then the Orioles. But I mean, the way this year is going, I mean, that's who knows. I mean, if you have one positive COVID test, things may change all of a sudden. But you know, and you I think it's, upset- it, it's upsetting for the Nats too because you look at that offensive performance and you think that they probably want to get back out in the field, considering how the first uh, five games of the season. Well, five excluding the Saturday game, but you think how you know four of the five games went up until Wednesday. Uh, you Personally, want to get back on the field, but you know, in Miami especially too, but uh, they're going to get some time off. Personally, I'd love to play the Marlins right now. Not like, <laughs> not, not talking about their 17 right. players having COVID, yes. talking about you'd love to come off two straight wins and go play Miami for three and hopefully get out of that rut you started in, but it's not to be. So we'll see if those games get made up at some point. The, the Mets games are going to be tough because, you, you know, they're, they're a threat in the, the NL East this year, but then they have Baltimore coming up that weekend. So hopefully it's a chance to have a good week. Hopefully it's a chance to, to reset a little bit and get Soto back in a rhythm because now he's going to be able to work out with the team and, and maybe get ready a little bit rather than just getting thrown straight into the live action after being cooped up for a while. So it's weird having this hiatus in the year, but it's something that a few teams have had to deal with so far. Yeah, and from what Twitter looks like, it appears that we're going to have – some workouts, some simulated games this weekend. And I believe it's, it looks like Soto on Saturday is going to – July – or excuse me, August 1st was what they're looking at for Soto to rejoin the team. So I'm expecting that. I think we're all expecting that. I think we're very happy to have that happen. Um, I mean, you put it all together, and, and when the Nationals are sitting right now at three wins and four losses – all eyes this weekend are going to be in, you know, the Phillies aren't playing, the Marlins aren't playing. So all eyes are going to be in Atlanta where the Mets and the Braves are going to meet. And um, I think both those teams are looking probably just because kind of weird auspicious starts. Um, I think the Braves are going to try to see if they can create some space. And especially in an uncertain time, that space could be critical. So all eyes, while everybody's going to be sitting around doing their own thing, Phillies, Marlins, and Nationals, all eyes are going to be in Atlanta. Yeah, the thing about creating space is there's room for a minimum of two teams in the division to go to the playoffs. So winning your division this year is pretty meaningless. So as long as you're in the top two, you're in that three-game series. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I think you're going to see across the NL East and across the league, every team's going to beat up on each other. You have a lot of teams hovering around 500, a game below, a game above right now. And I think because of the way the schedules are set up, that's just what we're going to see all year. So many teams facing up against each other so many times, and you're going to know each other so well by the end of it. But yeah, NL East, big picture-wise, that Braves-Mets series is a, is a huge series this weekend to definitely keep an eye on. But the way I see it, no matter what's happening, somebody's coming back to you a little bit each day while you're sitting out. And you don't have to be ahead of everybody. You only have to be ahead of uh, three of the teams, maybe only two of them. Finishing third could get you in as well. So you're good. I think where the Nats sit right now, they're fine with an expanded playoffs. But keep an eye on that Braves-Mets series for sure because we may yeah. see who – who the who the real contenders are in the National League? Yeah, and it's four games too. And so, I mean, you know, the, my big point is, well, no, while you're not doing anything, you, you, you know, you should be watching those two teams who think they can both win the division go four times uh, from Friday till Sunday or Monday rather. Uh, and yeah, it's an important series. I'm excited to watch it. Um, and let's see if let's see if the Braves can maybe wear out the Mets pitching a little bit. Four straight games before they come to Washington. 
all the Nats take four days off. So I was going. Uh, that was the next thing I was going to know. It was was about that. Um, yeah, I mean, you you only hope that that, that the Nationals can get Jacob Degrom against them because I know that the uh, he you know the the offense does not like to back Jacob Degrom when he is when he is in the game. I think Degrom's going Monday against Atlanta. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. I'm all for not having Jacob Degrom on the mound when they come to DC. So no Syndergaard, no Degrom is fine by me. Yep. All right. So we'll see how the schedule shakes out. We'll have one more episode this weekend. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to be uh, something that's going to be news related because news just seems to flow these days. It was odd, Connor. We went through such a long period where there's no news. And now, I mean, it's like we record a podcast and maybe he's out for two hours and the information we talked about is old. So, um, you know, <laughs> I guess that's the times, right? I and mean, that's kind of what we're dealing with at this point. Yeah, it's it's the way things are going to shake up and go all year. So kind of like what FP was saying on the broadcast today. It's a day-by-day thing. Yeah. All right, Connor, appreciate your time. Make sure you guys go check out the Locked On MLB podcast, Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Follow at LO Nationals on Twitter. Uh, our brand has changed. We're all about drinking light beer, watching Nats baseball. It's what the, it's what the fellas like to see. Uh, so we're going to take our four-day weekend off. Send it this weekend. Send it for <laughs> – Send it, send it for Steven Strasburg, yeah, whoever else you want to send it for in the Nets. Um, it, it should be uh, – send it for Soto. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, Go, make sure you follow us. Because, Connor, I think that the content on Locked on Nationals Twitter account. Take the, a step the, up. There's a lot of heat on the Locked on Nationals Twitter feed. There is. And it's, it's, a, it's a great follow, I would say. I think, judging by what I saw this morning off of the, off of the pod Twitter feed, there was three things to do today. As soon as we hit the, the end button on this recording, we're done with two of those three things. So, yeah. We're going to stone cold it the rest of the way. Um, and hey, look, I even tweeted this morning from Locked on Nationals account. Our fathers, the actual Nationals team, liked one of our tweets. So we have recognition now. We have legitimacy. This is this is a real thing we're doing here. Do you think do you think the 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 father account could maybe throw or retweet the pods way? I, I think they should I think the national Twitter account guys should, we should check we should check that out. See if we should see if we can get a retweet. You can't DM the, them. I I was trying to see if I could DM them to to send them stuff, but you can't do that. You can't you can we get can that. we get a can we get a recording with start or a, a interview with Starlin Castro so that we can ask why he chaws for the first half of the game and then chews gum for the second half of the game. That's I believe that's what I've seen so far this year, and it's been something I've been wondering about. So maybe maybe if we DM the team feed, they can line us up an interview with Starlin so we can talk about that. That's the important thing. That's really what everybody wants to know about uh, the newest one of the newest nationals. All right, Connor, appreciate your time. Everybody, once again, follow me on Twitter, at Josh Neighbors. I retweet a lot of the stuff, and also at LO Nationals.